The video just brought it up a notch in here. Amen? How are you guys? Doing good? You guys hot? I don't want to say anything, but you guys are looking hot this morning. Most of you. Okay. Uh, I'm kidding. Just seeing if you're awake. You're welcome, Macker. Um, happy 4th of July almost. 4th of July weekend. You guys excited? Got your firecrackers? Any of you jumping across the border? So you can let off all the good ones. All right, all right. Should be fun. Um, open them if you got them. We'll be in the Bible today. If you don't have one, we do have some in the back. In fact, we could even possibly bring one to you if you need it. Just slip your hand in the air. Bring you one of those. You guys ready to see what God thinks? All right, one person. Here we go. Two. I am two. Okay. No, we're in the midst of a series um, in the book of Colossians, calling it The Walk. And uh, we've been going through... Amazing book. So we're going to be in chapter 1, verse 21 today. And uh, would you stand with me? I just want us to stand in reverence of God as we read, hear the word of our Creator. Colossians 1, verses 21 to 23. And you, who were once alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Amen. Be seated. All right. Colossians is, a, is an awesome book. And I just want to remind you, just give a quick plug, that on our website under resources, we do have a Bible study that goes along with Colossians. Would love for you to download that if you want to use it. You can use it for your, you know, a couple people actually use it for the missional community, kind of going through it. Um, and it's just intended to help you and to get us as we're journeying together. If you got your own Bible study that you're doing, like I said last week, if you get up at four in the morning, you have hardcore devotions and you spend hours in the Word, you have this awesome Bible study you go through. Keep doing that, okay? But if you don't, this might be a good resource for you. So, we're coming through, midway through chapter 1. Here's a little recap from last week. We talked about something amazing, the most amazing person in the universe. His name is Jesus Christ. And it actually said something incredible about him. Jesus, the guy that you uh, hang out with in your quiet times, the guy that we often have a low view of, is actually the creator of the universe. It says everything was created through him and for him. And that he came down to this earth, took on a body of flesh, and reconciled everything back to God by his death and his resurrection. There's this amazing truth about, uh, about what Jesus did, about who he is and what he did. And now, today we're going to talk about who he did it to. Here we go. Verse 21 says, And you, and you. So, now it's getting personal Recap before this, in Christ the fullness of God dwelt, verse 20, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh. Here's what really is going on here, the message translation, which is an awesome translation to kind of read with the Bible. I highly recommend it. So it's a paraphrased version but it just gives this, these amazing 
ways of saying the same verse that's in the Greek to where it really brings it home. What the message says right here is, you are a case study in what he does. I love that. So he's saying, this is what God does. This is what Jesus does. And you're a case study in what he does. In other words, what he's saying basically is, it works. There's evidence of it. It's actually working. It's actually transforming lives. It's actually bringing people who are evil and making them, as it says, holy and blameless before God. People are completely separated from God with no hope. He's bringing back into a relationship with God. It actually works, unlike many things that were sold today. I love infomercials. You guys fans of infomercials? Um, It's funny because when my kids were were smaller, they'd see these infomercials, and my son Josiah would just trip out. Because think about it when you're watching that through the eyes of a kid. Because we watch it now, we're like, oh, brother, whatever. Like, this is the most amazing thing ever. It will change your life. And, you know, it's usually like $6,000, but for five easy installments of $29.99, it can be yours. Well, when Josiah sees that, he comes running in and he's like, Dad, there's this amazing thing. It's, it's like the most amazing thing in the universe. No one knows about it. And it's like, costs like millions of dollars, but now we can have it for like just $20. Just six payments, Dad. And there's this phone number, you're right? He wrote it down one time. Brings in, he's like, just call this number. You got to This is amazing, right? Um, infomercials just crack me up. It's like, you know, you always see like, okay, there's, I remember this one, they're selling this purse. It's this, this amazing purse, right, for women. Solves all the issues of just frustrations with purses that women apparently have. And you see this lady on there, and she's like going through a purse. Are you tired of searching for that? She's like, ah, and the purse falls, and everything just comes flying out. She's just like, ah, so frustrated, you know? And it's like, you could use this ordinary, regular purse, or you could use this amazing purse that also zips up and has pockets inside of it. But for some reason, this one is going to solve all of your problems, right? For six easy installments of $19.99 can be yours. Um, or you see like, People working out on these machines, right? My dad, he cracks me up. Uh, growing up as a kid, he'd buy these, like, machines, right? Um, workout machines. And uh, all of them are, like, now stacked up in our garage collecting dust. He'd use it, like, one time. So it's, like, basically, you can look. You, too, can have a body like one of the Greek gods, like the people on these commercials, right? If you get this machine. Oh, pff, jogging six miles a day, that's not going to do it. you got to buy this machine, for six easy installments of $19.99. So here's the thing about that, you guys. We do that. We sell stuff. It doesn't work, right? It doesn't live up to the reputation. Here's what's really what, this is essentially what Paul's saying right here, is I'm not just telling you about what God did, about what Jesus did. Oh, here's this theology. Jesus did this, and he, he reconciled. He created everything. He reconciled it all to his cross. He's saying, look, at, look around this room at yourselves. You are the evidence of what he did, that it actually worked, that your lives were transformed. Look at this, what he says. Think about this. So he says, you who were once, here's the key, two key words. You were once this, are now this. So what does he say you once were? You were alienated from God, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. You were alienated basically means you're separated. You're separated from God. Without what Jesus Christ did, you're completely separated from God. You have no hope. God is holy which means he's set apart, he's sinless, he's perfect. He cannot be in the presence of sin. So because you've rebelled is a simple gospel, because we have all rebelled against God, in whatever way that we do it, we don't care who he is, we don't give him a thought. Some of us just give him the bird, right? Either way you do it, you're separating yourself from God, and you're without hope, and there's no way to be reconciled. There's no way to, for you to, number one, be perfect from here on out, even though you can try. 
Even if you could do that, there's no way to wipe away the stuff that you did before. Your, your record is stained. You're stained with sin. It's, it's within all of us. We're separated from God. How do we get back? There's no way. Hostile in mind, our thinking is hostile to God. We've made ourselves, we've declared ourselves as enemies of him. He said, here's who I am. I have created you. Here's how I want you to live. Here's what I've, I've created you. We see it in the beginning of Genesis. He created Adam and Eve, right? Gives them this, the earth basically is theirs. They get to be naked all the time. I mean, it was great. You know what I mean? You guys with me this morning? Okay. Just saying. Clo- wearing clothes is the result of sin. Okay? It's horrible. They were walking around naked, taking care of the earth. It's like beautiful. God's walking with them. They're just hanging out. They're unashamed. They're just loving life, right? God just says, just take care of this, what I've given you, and walk with me, and don't eat from that tree. What do we do? We eat from the tree we've been doing it ever since. So we repel against God. We've created this separation. We've declared war on God and who he is. Hostile in our mind. Romans chapter 1, if you're taking notes, read that later. talks about that. It says that even though we knew, people knew who God was, they became futile in their thinking, and that led to evil deeds. And then it says three times God gave them up, gave them over to that. He gave them up to it. He gave them up to it. You want to rebel? You want to do it your way? Go ahead. How have we been doing, by the way? Are we doing a very good job taking care of the earth and running it? It doesn't take a genius to see that. Then he says doing evil deeds. Um, when we see this, evil deeds, it sounds like, do you guys ever think this when you see it in the Bible? Doing, oh, that wasn't me. I wasn't doing evil deeds, right? Evil deeds just sounds like horrendous. You were doing evil deeds, sacrificing goats to Satan. You know what I mean? I wasn't doing that. I mean, I told a couple of lies. But evil deeds just means anything count, counter to God. It's, it's independence from God. Some things can actually be essentially good in and of themselves can actually be a sin. Like when we rely on ourselves, rely on ourselves for our happiness. So in other words, we're looking for our happiness and other things. If I get this house, if I get this car, if I do this, have this job, I'll be happy. I'll take care of myself. I don't need God. That's an evil deed. It separated you from God, and you will be separated for eternity because of that. So we can't think of it just as this, you know, crazy evil stuff with pitchforks and all this stuff. We've all done it. So you're alienated hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. And then look what it says in verse uh, 22. He's reconciled you in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Holy and blameless. The word blameless means without blemish. So when you look at the Old Testament, people of God brought sacrifices to God. They would bring an animal. Because of their sin, God provided a way for them to be temporarily forgiven and to be in his presence. Right? Because God is holy. He's separated from sin. So you would take an animal, and they would actually kill the animal right there, sacrifice it, and it was basically a way of saying, this is what should be happening to me, but God's provided a way for this animal to die in my place so that I can be forgiven. But Paul says in Hebrews, they kept doing it over and over and over again because what do you do right after that? You go sin again. So Jesus was the once-for-all sacrifice, and the animal would come, and it had to be without blemish. It had to be an animal without blemish that was brought because he's a holy God. Jesus was perfectly without blemish, unstained by sin, did not sin. He offered himself in our place. That's what that's all about, to make us holy. Here's the thing. We're alienated. We're separated. We were separated once. So let's check out the parallel here. But now we're holy. We were separated from God. Now we're in the presence of God, a holy God. We're without blemish. It says we were hostile in mind. You once were hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. But then what does it say? 
Now you are blameless and above reproach before him. Doing evil deeds, above reproach. Above reproach, another way to translate that is without accusation. Have you thought about that? How has God done that? Somehow, through the sacrifice of this perfect Son of God in our place, that should have been us, but He did it because He was the Son of God, God incarnate. It says right before this, the fullness of God dwelt in Him. He became the perfect sacrifice for everyone. We don't need to to offer any more sacrifices if we trust in Him. And somehow God looks at us, even though we still struggle with sin, and the process of the gospel is continuing to change us. At the end of the day, when God looks down, He sees us through the eyes of Jesus. He sees us as holy, without accusation. Satan comes by and says, God, and stands next to us and says, "Uh, you think you're going to heaven? Did you see what he did last week, God? Did you see what he just did? He's out of it, and we feel that, and he accuses us. And God says, there is no accusation against them. Yeah, I know what he did last week, but I also know what my son did for him. Now he's cleansed and made holy. So you guys, are you guys tracking with me? You were evil, hostile in mind, separated from God because of what Jesus did. Now we're holy, above reproach, without accusation, without blemish. This is an amazing miracle. I want to ask you guys a question, and this is the part where you get to talk. Okay, I'm going to throw a question out there. Think about what, those of you that have trusted in Jesus Christ, what were you once in comparison to now? Throw some things out there. It might be one, uh, one or two words, maybe a phrase. I was, I was angry. I was this, I was this, I was selfish. I'm just going to give a few seconds, if you want to, a few minutes, and uh, just shout that out as you're thinking about it. Let's hear it. What were you once before Christ? Broken. Lost. Destructive. Afraid. Thug. Me too. Of the world. Good. What do you mean by that? living the way people are living apart from God. Yeah? Materialistic. <laughs> a lot more than now. <laughs> I mean, I'm materialistic right now, but compared to how it was, it's a real testimony. I mean, that's awesome. Cool. Here's some of those things and think about how we've changed how Christ has changed us, how he's transforming us in those areas, and he continues to. That's what this is all about today, is how God has found a way to take people who are angry, materialistic, broken, destructive, all those things that we named, living in the ways of the world. He's completely turned us around and opened our eyes. He continues to change us. It's changing people. That's what I love about today's message, because it's very practical. This isn't just a bunch of theology that we're learning. God is actually doing things. We're seeing this happen. Um, I love a couple of things that Paul says. We won't go there for sake of time, but 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 4. 
he's saying to the, to the church, he's, he's, he's pleading with them, he's saying, do we need, do we apostles need letters of recommendation about you? No. You yourselves are a letter of recommendation written by the Spirit of God, right? Not on tablets and stone, but on living hearts. He says in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, um, talks about the people, and he's saying, what is our, talking about him, the apostles, the leaders of the church, as they're, as they're reflecting on this church, he's saying, what is our hope, our joy, our glory? What's our crown on the day when Jesus returns? What are we looking for? What's going to be our crown, our reward? It says, is it not you? The people, the lives that were changed, the investment that was made in lives because of the power of God through the Spirit. That's what it's all about. Lastly, I want to talk about how that was done. Look what it says. He is now reconciled. We had to be reconciled. We were separated. We were enemies. We were not friends. There was accounts that needed to be settled. He made a way to take care of all of that and to reconcile us to God by his body of flesh, in his body of flesh, by his death. Why does it say that body of flesh? He uses two words there. The one word is soma for body, and it literally means the physical body. Then he uses another word called sarks, which Paul uses a lot in the Greek, and it means, that's the word translated here as flesh, body of flesh. So the flesh part of it, it really is hinting at, because when, whenever Paul uses the word flesh, a lot of times he uses it in different ways, but a lot of times it's used as sinful humanity, basically what it means. So he's saying his body of flesh. I mean, the word flesh, doesn't it just sound sinful? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just one of those great biblical words, flesh. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, that's, that just sounds bad, you know. His body of flesh. Here's what it means is he came in a physical body to this earth, but also in the flesh. That means that he wasn't just in this body, but he was like had this bubble around him where nothing could touch him. He's walking among us. He's dealing with all the temptations that we deal with. He's facing those. He's feeling pain. He's feeling emotional turmoil. All of those things, we see it. Culmination of that is before the cross, he's sweating. So in, he's, he's so stressed that he's sweating literally drops of blood. This is amazing that he came down and not just took on a body, but also identified with us in that way. What this tells us is that he loves us, number one. Because here's the question. Paul uses this over and over. If you read Colossians a few times, you'll start noticing some, some things that he says over and over again. One of them is he says body. Jesus came in a body and a body and a body of flesh. He, was, he actually died on the cross in a body. There was blood, said in last week's passage. He says it over and over and over and over again. And then he says a body, he says three times, well, two times, the fullness of God dwelt. Verse 19 prior, for in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He says it again in chapter 2. The fullness of God was inside that body. He says in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. He shows us exactly who God is. Why is all that important? Why did he have to have a body? Well, he could have just come down and said, hey, everybody, here's the deal. You're all evil, but you know what? I'm not going to hold it against you. Clean slate. Let's start over. I'll be back down to check on you later, right? Sweet. Woo-hoo. Why, did it, why did he have to come down and take on a body of flesh? Because he had to identify us with, with us with our sin. Our sin, guys, here's the bottom line, you guys. We're so jacked up, we don't realize it. We're just like, eh, it's not that bad. I know the Bible says that. It talks about evil deeds. Uh, you know, it's not that bad. Come on. Right? It's that bad, you guys. 
We're so jacked up. We're so far gone from God, so rebellious. In fact, it's not just about the things that we do that are bad and that hurt each other. Why is there starvation in the world? You know, why would God allow that to happen? Right? It's not that he allows kids to go hungry. It's that he allowed us to rebel and do it our own way. We're sucking at it. The reason kids are starving is because of our sin. And we're so bad, you see the results of it physically. You see it in community. You see it in nations. Complete injustice. That's why that stuff happens. But check this out. It's also inside of our bodies. It's like a disease. It's like a cancer. How do we get rid of the cancer? We don't know how. It's the cancer of sin, and it's killing the entire human race. God, in his love and mercy, comes down and takes on a body and shows us how it's supposed to be done. He lives the perfect life the way it was meant to be. But then he doesn't stop there as he goes all the way to the cross. He says, no more animals, no more offerings. This is the last one. This is once and for all. Right? So he goes to the cross. He's, if anybody didn't deserve to be there, it's Jesus Christ. Stretches out his arms. He could have ended it at any moment. The creator of everything. Everything's created through him and for him. The things that are created through him are killing him. They're not only not living for him, they're against him. They become his enemies. And he dies willingly. But in that one swipe, he takes care of all of the sin of humanity. God raises him from the dead and all those that trust in him. Because now he has a body in heaven. We were talking about that in our uh, missional community last week. Jesus didn't have a body before. He He existed in eternity with God as the son of God. But all of a sudden, at some point in history, he he became human. He had a body. He was fully God still, but fully human. Died, raised again. He was raised in that body. He exists in a body now. And he is able to save those who come to him. He sits at the right hand of the Father, the creator of the universe. Father God sits there. And he can save us. He can intercede for us. And only he can save you. That's the simple gospel. That's why this happened. Um, We're going to watch... Uh, something on the screen in a moment. Before we do that, I want to ask you one more question. Look at these verses that we've looked at thus far. This is the salvation process. This is how God has saved us. How much were you involved in the process? Look at the verses. Just think about it for a second. How much were you involved in that? What did you contribute to your salvation? Well, here's what you contributed You were alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. What did he contribute? He reconciled us in his body of flesh by his death. He presents us holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And notice how it says, in order to. He didn't just die because he didn't want us to go to hell. Now, okay, they're they're going to heaven now. Okay, it's good to go. Did it to present you in order to, to make you new to make you the way that you were supposed supposed to be. And he continues that process in us now, and one day it'll be completely finished when we're in heaven with him. Is that beautiful? Get an amen on that? It's amazing. I want to drive that home today, that we have no involvement in this process of salvation other than trusting in God. The Bible calls it faith. Thank you that you've done it for me. I believe it. Help me to trust in it. Help me to walk in that. Um, We're going to look at an example of someone within our own community of Red Sea and just see the radical transformation that God's done in his life.
Um, that's the gospel. That's awesome. And uh, I know people in this room right now, I could name them, who have gone through the same transformation. God's on the move and he's changing lives. That's what the gospel's all about. Um, just a couple quick points and we're going to go into a time of some worship. Um, here's what he says. He wraps up this passage. In fact, let's just read it again. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, if you continue in the trust in what he has done, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. One thing I want to touch on in here, two things. We had no part in our salvation. That's why Dom said to his friend, nothing in your past means anything. It doesn't matter. All the reasons that you feel unworthy of this gospel doesn't matter because he's done it all on the cross and there's nothing we can add to it. You guys get that? That's the heart of the gospel right there. There's no way for you to save yourself or to save anyone else. He has done it in his love and his mercy, and we surrender and we live in that, and we walk in that. For some of you, I don't know, maybe you've never done that in here. You could, for the first time, you could just say, I give up. I want this. I want God to transform my life. If you have done that, this is our job now. The gospel that we have heard, Paul says, there's a message. That's it. Message that we have heard, that we responded to, that saved us. Other people are waiting to hear that message, and they're waiting to see it. They see it in our lives of transformation. They hear the words as we, as we tell our friends about it. Isn't that awesome that he was afraid to tell his friend? Imagine if he hadn't done that. How many opportunities have we missed? Does that mean there's a guarantee that every time you tell somebody, they're going to be joyfully receive it? Um, just read the New Testament for the answer to that question. <laughs> no. But how will we know unless, unless we tell them? How are they going to hear if, unless someone tells them? Here's the point I want to wrap up with. What, what does this mean for us? Verse 15 says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. We talked about that, that when we look at Jesus and we read about him in the Gospels, we see Jesus' life. He's showing us exactly what God the Father is like. That is what God is like. The things Jesus said, that's what God would say. Right? The way that he lives, the things that he did, that's what God would do. Now, Jesus died in a body in Soma. He gave his body for us on the cross. You know how the word Soma is used in the New Testament most of the time? For the church, the people of God. Paul calls us the body of Christ. Have you ever thought about that? We think a lot about the metaphors that we're like a body moving, working together, right? Some of us are arms, some are hands, some are feet. Jesus is the head. We're the body. But have you ever thought about it this way? That we are supposed to be the image of the invisible Jesus? Maybe that's why he calls us the body of Christ. Jesus is invisible, right? Unless you can see him and I can't. <laughs> you guys still awake? All right. He's invisible. We're supposed to show Jesus to the world. So in other words, when people see us individually, corporately, they're supposed to look and go, that's what Jesus is like. Things that we say, that's what Jesus would say. Are we perfect? No, we'll never be the image of Jesus, like Jesus is the image of God, the perfect image of God. But we're supposed to be that. That's our job now. 
is that we live in that transformation and we show people by the way that we treat each other, by the things that we say. We're showing them Jesus. Dom's friend, Dom showed his friend Jesus. That's the first time his friend ever really saw Jesus. Johnny Cash said it best, flesh and blood needs flesh and blood. Right? You can walk around all day spouting off, there's this invisible guy that loves you. Here's what he did. We have to do that. Jesus saves them. The message saves them. But they need to see it too, don't they? They need to see that. Is your life really transformed? Do you really believe that? What is he like? He told me about him, but I go to church and everybody's fighting with each other. I see your life. You look just as miserable as I am. I don't want to sign up for that. We got to live in that transformation of the gospel, that surrender and that faith and trust in him. What would that look like for us to do that? Small crowd this morning, going through a lot of changes. You know what? What are we going to do? What's the vision? Well, we need to work on that, but let's just make it really simple right now. Live in the gospel. Let's love God. Let's love each other. Love the person next to you. Love the one you're with. Let's redefine that. (laughs) It's a great song. Love the one you're with. Stop dreaming about all the people you're going to love. Love the guy next to you. Okay? Love your neighbor. Who's God placed in your life? Unless you live in a bubble, you rub shoulders with people. Who are those people? Begin praying for them, thinking about them. Let's show them Jesus. Amen? Um, we're going to continue in worship. The band's going to come up. We're going to get set up. What we're doing now is we're going to celebrate. Here's why we do this. In the back, on these tables in the back, there's some bread and some juice and wine. And uh, the bread represents the body of Jesus, the body of flesh that was given for us on the cross. The wine and the juice represent the blood that was spilled for us, for our salvation. Let's take some time to think about what we're doing. We're partaking of that, and we're saying, we're remembering what he did. Guys, here's what the one thing I want to drive home today. It's, it, it really is as simple as the gospel. If you feel like you're overwhelmed and it's complicated, just, I just don't know what to do, and I'm, I'm so overwhelmed, just release all of that. It's as simple as the gospel. It's as simple as that. The body of Christ given for you. He did it for you. He's alive today. When we come to that table, we're coming to the living Jesus who is there and willing to save and to heal. So let's come and just be honest with confess our sins. And let's not just have a little snack, okay? Let's think about what we're doing. Communing with the living Jesus. Would you just bow your heads? I want you to just kind of close your eyes and it helps us meditate and think. Just some time of just examining and taking some of this in as we transition and we continue to sing. And God, I just, I want to say thank you as we do that. Uh, really, the only thing that we can do is say thank you because you've done it all. Thank you for loving us and uh, forgiving your own body for us. That you never give up on us and that you continue to transform lives. We want to be transformed even now, God, this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we lift this up. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.